illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heiner Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing, Beach? Billy, just living the dream every freaking day. Life is good. It's all right. I, I missed half the game uh, on Saturday because I had to work and worked a little bit at both jobs today and doing laundry right now, doing a podcast recording. So how exciting is that? Well, you know, most people I'd say if you're working, then you're not only earning money, but you're not spending money. Mm-hmm. But you're always spending money. I am. You yeah. know, mom, mom, mom and dad called me up uh, on, what was it, Friday? And they're like, hey, you're in the McMinnville paper. What were you in the McMinnville so, paper for? I was in the McMinnville paper because I'm requesting a um, variance to my property zoning. Oh, for your your Airbnb? For my, for my Airbnb request. So I had to pay them. So speaking of, of money, so in order for me to operate an Airbnb – uh, on my property, my little two and a half acres of, of, of farmland out here, mm-hmm. uh, I have to get permission from the Yamhill County, and I have to pay them for the request. This doesn't guarantee me anything. Two thousand five hundred and two dollars, and then they mail letters out to all my neighbors who get an opportunity to complain if they don't like my request. And the cool thing is if somebody doesn't like it and they want to call a hearing for my change, Mm -hmm. they have to pay a $275 court fee. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's not on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If they, if they have an issue with it, they got to pay. Um, so it kind of, you know, so somebody just can't say, well, I'll bitch, you know, just for the sake of bitching, Mm -hmm. they got to put, they've got to put money on the, on the barrel head. So that, that, uh, filters out the riffraff. But so then it goes through this waiting period. 
I think I have to get the fire department to go bless off on something. Hmm. And because I'm only doing two bedrooms and a couple other things, I don't have all the other requirements on the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and actually I don't plan on doing two bedrooms, but I can do up to two bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And, um, but uh, then after it goes through the process, then they mail out another letter, which gives my neighbors one more opportunity to complain. And then if nobody complains, then I'm good to go. Oh, good. Well, I hope it goes. I hope, hope no one complains. Yeah, I hope so too. But yeah, so speaking of spending money, 22502 I looked at the guy. I said, two? He says, yes. I said, what's the two for? I don't know. So. <laughs> That's on. <laughs> Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun every week. Beach, today is show number 110. 110? Season 7, Episode 4. I'm still shocked we've done over like 50 of these, and I'm still shocked that we haven't been like booted from, from iTunes or like got any kind of harassment charges from the public. Yeah, nothing yet. Hey, I'm sure, you know, they should nail us for like, at least me, maybe not you, for hate speech or something. Yeah, probably. I would remind everyone if you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, uh, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, if you want to get in contact us, uh, in contact with us, there's HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Also, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter. And also, check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. All right, Beads, ready to look at some Beaver Sports news? Yes, let's let's do this, Billy. All right, Beach. First up is women's volleyball. Oh, I love women's volleyball, Billy. Call him. Sitting in your bed, getting a little too excited. All right. Well, Oregon State swept UTEP in the opening match of the San Diego State University of San Diego Challenge to improve to seven and two on the season the other night. Cool. Yep. Then Amy Underdown brought the thunder, and Serena Bruin provided a spark off the bench as the Beavs topped San Diego State for their second win of the day on Friday. With that victory, the Beavers have won three straight and improved their record to eight and two. Dude, that's not bad. Then, Beach, for the second time this season, the Oregon State volleyball team defeated a top 25 team, this time taking down number 23 San Diego on Saturday. Wow. Yep. So the Beavs now are 9-2 and two overall, and they have a busy week coming up. They host Seattle in the Beavers' home opener on Tuesday at 7.30. Then they travel to Eugene to face Oregon in the Pac-12 opener Thursday. And then the Beavs host Washington on Sunday. Um, how are like the Ducks in Washington? Are they supposed to be pretty good? Uh, they're both ranked in the top 25. And we're not ranked? No. But we took out number 23? Correct. Wow. And they're 9-2 okay. overall, so you know. The, you know, the, right. the thing to get into the tournament, win most of your out-of-conference games, which hopefully they'll they'll win and they'll be 10-2, and two, and then try mm -hmm. to go, try to go you know, 500 in your conference games, and they should make the tournament. Sweet. Yep. Okay. So, do, how often do they do re-rankings? Do they, do they change the rankings, like, I, weekly? I, I believe every week, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll keep up with that for, for us and the audience. Yeah, we'll try to do that. Okay. All right, Beach. Coming up next is women's soccer. Love women's soccer, Billy. It's my favorite sport. Again, I'm getting a little too excited here. Well, don't get too excited, Beach. Uh, the Oregon State women's soccer team lost to Portland in the final non-conference game of the season by a score of two to nothing on Sunday. This University of Portland. Yes. But I, they've always had a kick-ass soccer team for decades. Yeah. Uh, the Bees are now one and six overall, and they'll return to action on Friday, September 21st, at Lorenz Field at 4 p.m as they open up Pac-12 play against Colorado. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, so, we'll, we'll continue to cheer on the ladies because, damn it, even if they don't win, they still look good out there. There you go. And finally, Beach, we got some men's soccer news. The Oregon State men's soccer team had a good showing against a ranked opponent Monday evening as the Beavs earned a 1-1 draw versus number 17 UC Davis at Lorenz Field. Play to a tie. Yep. Then the men's uh, soccer team took a 3-2 victory over American University Friday evening. Where is American University at, Billy? Oh, hell, Beach. I want to say it's <laughs> in Virginia, I think. Let me look. America. Is it America or is it America? I hate it when people say that. Quite frankly. Um, American University. Oh, it's in Washington, D.C. So, kind of. Okay, close enough. Close enough, yep. So, there you go. It's in the swamp. Yep. So... Uh, the, the Beaver men are now four, one and two overall, and they'll wrap up non-conference play next week when they head up by five for a match with Portland. That game will start at 7 PM at Merlot field. It's another suicide. Well, who knows? The men are playing pretty well. So yeah, well, well, I think, I think Portland's actually known for the girls team more so than the boys team, aren't they? Uh, Actually, both men's and women's are pretty good. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well, best of luck to the men out there. Mm-hmm. Billy? Yeah. Do I hear something? I think you do. Well, just something again. You heard it first this time. That's amazing. I did. I, I did. I did. You know, I, I rolled it in here. It's on a cart, and I rolled it into my bedroom here out of the out of the computer room. You're like but one of those AV nerds in, in school, aren't you? I totally. You got it's one like of those big, carts. Yeah, with the, with the big, and it actually still has a, a, v, a beta beta vcr player on it beta and Max. a tube t yeah and a, and a tube tv oh nice and, and a and a and a what do they call those the projectors the, the old, uh, old, old uh, reel-to-reel projectors the... well well not only a reel-to-reel projector what was the ones we used with the the the, the clear plastic that you drew on and oh, it projected a, the uh god damn overhead projector overhead, overhead projector, projector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a good old overhead projectors damn it i don't think they have those anymore they don't they well they kind of do they have these smart boards Okay, okay. But all the cool crap we had when we were kids, like making the mimeographs. Yeah. So, you know, they don't even have mimeographs anymore. Nobody paper even knows be, what that... Paper would come out kind of wet. Yeah, and it had the little blue color to the to yeah. the copies. Yeah. Yeah. And if you smelled it right after you did it, you were supposed to get your high. Mm-hmm. Here, quick, smell, smell. Okay, anyway, good times. Um, okay, Billy. Yes. This just in. Move aside, Oregon Ducks. The new mascot of Eugene is the rat. The rat? It's what it says. According to Christian Hill of the Eugene Register Guard, the liberal city to the south is dealing with a large rodent problem. Due to the increase in urban farming, in particular chicken coops, it seems the local residents are complaining that rats are overtaking their outdoors and possibly soon their indoors as the weather gets cooler. The city of Eugene law states a household can have up to 12 chickens uh, in town, but if they're but it is their feed when it is not properly stored that attracts the rats. Yep. The city of Eugene, on top of diligent education program, is purchasing rat traps that code compliance officers can provide to residents while responding to complaints. Much like the Civil War, the battle over chickens and rats is pitting neighbor against neighbor. With that being said. 
UCLA and its coach Chip Kelly are not playing the Beavs this season, and Civil War is being held at Reeser this year, so the Beaver fans will not have to deal with any rats for the 2018 football schedule. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. True, yeah. true, true, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, there, you, there you go. That there you go. from Eugene. Rats in Eugene. Serious problem. That I can I mean, imagine, they, actually. Yeah. Well, they, they said it's really weird. You're allowed to have up to 12 chickens. Six of them can be over six months old, and six of them have to be under six months old. So that makes me wonder how long you can have the chicken, because if you're under six months old become over six months old then that means you're over six months old or over a year so does that mean you got to cut them up and eat them they gotta become dinner yeah i I guess so it was weird i'm like wow there's no retirement for those chickens you just gotta die yeah you're done yeah you're getting retired retired right into the deep fryer (laughs) retired into my belly but it must be bad, uh, you know, and, yeah. and like I said, for them to actually, they're, they're they're trying to, like, send out letters and stuff to educate the people out there, give the people free rat trap. Wow. So, anyway, good times. Good times. Here's a rat trap. Noodle salad. <laughs> All righty, Beach. Well, are you ready to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. Yes, you know, I was I had to uh, work on uh, uh, yesterday evening, so I didn't or Saturday evening for our audience, and I didn't get a chance to watch many of the games. I only got to watch the first half of the Beaver game, and then I got text messages to keep me up to date from there on out. Thanks, thank your wife for that. She was very kind and continued. Yes, I message. know, I know she did. I was too, I was too uh, wound up. All right, Beach, let's look at uh, week three in the Pac-12. Um, up first, uh, all the games were on Saturday, September fifteenth, and we have eleven to go through. So let's get after. By the here. way, I hope, I hope you don't. I hope, I hope you don't cut that part out because that was good. Probably already did. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> all right, so coming into last week, Kyle. Okay. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was in first place with sixteen out of twenty-three. You were in second place with fifteen out of twenty-three, and I was in last place with fourteen out of twenty-three. Okay. Well. Well, what they say, if you're not first, you're last. Well, let's see what happens after this week, Beach. Okay. First up was okay. UC Davis at Stanford. You remember who you took? I I think we all took Stanford on that one because if we didn't, we'd be fools. That's correct, Beach. We all took Stanford. KJ Costello overcame a rough start to throw two touchdown passes to JJ Arcega Whiteside, and number nine, Stanford beat FCS level UC Davis. 30-10 to 10 on Saturday. Now, while the defense uh, has mostly been dominant, the offense has struggled to run the ball consistently, consistently both with Heisman Trophy runner-up Bryce Love the first two games and without him this week while he was resting. I'm not so, feeling the love. Yeah, so, so Bryce Love didn't play this week. They just held him out. Mm. But they still won 30-10. Okay. Of course, that could be because of who their matchup is this week. This is the matchup this week. Our next game, Beach, is San Jose State at Oregon. And I think we all took Oregon on this one because it's about winning, not about who we want to win. That is correct. We all took Oregon. Quarterback Justin Herbert threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns, and number 20, Oregon, beat San Jose State 
35 to 22 on Saturday in the Ducks' final non-conference tune-up before opening the Pac-12 season with Stanford this week. Ooh. Okay, there you go. You answered the question for me. Yes, I did. The Ducks you brought it back around. I did. It's almost like I set that up for you. The Ducks previously defeated Bowling Green and Portland <laughs> State, moving up three spots in the ranking last week. Now, they were 41-point favorites against San Jose State, but the Spartans showed surprising tenacity that, in that game. That's that kind of – yeah, I was going to say that kind of surprised me. It wasn't a butt kick, and because all Oregon does is pick pick pansy-ass teams well, so that they can have the, okay. uh, a good record going in to now, the thing. Uh, well, I know you're saying that, but the Ducks were originally not supposed to play Portland State last week. They were supposed to have. Who were they a, supposed to play? They were supposed to have a home and home series this year and next year with Texas A&M. And but Texas A&M pulled out early. Texas A&M uh, canceled the the series um, a couple of years ago. Uh, there was a clause in the contract that said if Texas A&M switched conferences, they could cancel the the uh, contract with the no contract? penalty. Yeah, they could cancel with no penalty. Wow. And Texas A&M joined the Big 12. I mean, left the Big 12 and joined the SEC. Why would So when they did that, they canceled the contract. Why wouldn't they have kept why why wouldn't they have kept it? I would think Oregon and Texas A&M would have been a good game or did they want more of a bitch boy to play? They probably want more of a bitch boy to play since they are moving in the SEC. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and then, you know, a, so, a lot of so, those a lot of those out of conference games, they're scheduled 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 years in advance. So kind of left yeah. Oregon trying to scramble. So, yeah, that's why they had Portland State at home this year. That's why they opened up with four well, home games they, in a row. Was, wasn't Oregon State last year with uh, Anderson, wasn't he trying to pull out of the uh, Ohio contract? He did, not want State to, contract? he did not want to do those anymore. Um, and, I mean, you know, Oregon State got paid $1.7 million for that game. But, you know. Wow, that's huge. But, but And I have no problem with the Beavers playing Ohio State, but I want a home and home. We'll go there, but you yeah, sure as hell yeah. get your are ass we getting out of here. A, not with Ohio State. Are, are no. we getting a home and home out of that? Not with Ohio State. It was a one and done. Wow. And they've said that that was the last one of those they'll do. They'll play the Ohio States, the Good. Michigans, whoever, I mean, but it better be a home and home. And starting next that, year. I mean, it seems only fair. Starting next year, we have a home and home with Oklahoma State. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that should be good. All right, Beach, so we all got the point on that one. Up next, New Hampshire at Colorado. Remember Ooh, you, did I vary on this one? I'm pretty sure I took Colorado, but I don't know what you guys took. All three of us did. Trayvon McMillan rushed for 162 yards and two scores, and Colorado beat New Hampshire 45-14 to on Saturday. Quarterback Steven Montez was 14 for 19 for 166 yards passing and another score to help the Buffaloes win their home opener. The Buffaloes have won their first three games for the second straight season. So we all got the win on that one. Okay. So we are all three for three so far in this week. Up next, Beach, Idaho State at Cal. Ooh, I think, uh, did we all take Cal on this one too? Were we all the same this week? I can't remember if we all picked the same or not. That is correct. We all took Cal. Ashton Davis scored on an 89-yard kickoff return, made a second interception of the season to set up another score, then chased down a receiver from behind to prevent a touchdown as Cal overcame a sluggish start and beat FCS-level Idaho State 45-23 to on Saturday. Now, Chase Garbers completed 20 of 25 passes for 224 yards and three touchdowns, 
in his second game as Cal's starting quarterback. So Cal got the win Alrighty. there. So now we're all 4-4. Four four. Okay, Beach. next up, USC at Texas. Ooh, this is where I think we varied. Uh, um, I believe I took Texas. Correct, Beach. You and I took Texas. Is that correct? You and I took Texas. USC, or Kyle, however, took USC. USC quarterback and? JT Daniels passed for 322 yards. But the Trojans were held to minus five yards rushing, and Texas made USC one-dimensional and turned its defense loose in a 37-14 Longhorn victory on Saturday. Wow. So you and I got the win Is there. USC just not that good? Did, I mean, did not, I mean they, or is their rushing game that weak, or did they have injuries? They had no rushing game. Minus five yards rushing. They had no rushing. No, had no rushing I know. Game. How do you do that? Did, uh, because they count sacks. Down, or? Well, sacks count in there, too. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. So you and I got the win there. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle missed that one. So you and I are both five for five right now on the week. Next up, Eastern Washington at Washington State. I picked uh, uh, Wazoo on this one because it was at Washington State. I figured Wazoo had a correct had a uh, all, better game. All yep. three of us took Washington State. Now, graduate transfer quarterback Gardner Minshew threw for 470 yards and two TDs as Washington State beat Eastern Washington 59-24 to on Saturday night to avenge a 2016 loss to its FCS neighbor. Now, wide receiver Tate mm-hmm. Martin caught 13 passes for 149 yards for Washington State, which piled up 565 yards of offense. So, 470 Losing your voice there, Billy? You yeah, just okay? kind of cut out there, yeah. So, yeah, 565 right. yards of offense there for Washington State. Wow. Yeah, not didn't have, you know, had 105 yards rushing, which isn't a lot, but when you throw for 470, or I guess they had 95 Yeah, yards. well, Le- 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 Leach has always done the aerial attack, so. Yeah, I guess it was I guess it was 95 yards rushing, but you know what. All right. Yeah. So, we all got the win there. Up next, Beej. Mm-hmm. Washington at Utah. Oh, I picked Washington. So did I. And so did Kyle. Wow. So not a lot of movement this week between us since we we all picked the same teams. The number 10 Huskies smothered Utah for the better part of four quarters on the way to a 21-7 victory on Saturday night. Washington's defensive effort complemented Miles Gaskin's dominance in the backfield. Gaskin ran for 143 yards on 30 carries and added a touchdown. Now quarterback Jake Browning threw for 155 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Aaron Fuller led the way with 108 yards on six catches. But three turnovers and a trio of fourth-quarter, fourth-down stops offer proof of Washington's defensive strength. So a couple years ago, it was really... Uh, Washington was really balanced. Their offense was really good. Their defense was really good. And they were kind of waffle stomping people. This year, offense isn't so much, but the defense is still shutting people down. Nice. So right now. So well, the, Utah was pretty solid last year. Utah was pretty solid last year, weren't they? Yeah. And they're just not looking great. I mean, they barely, Utah had a, they barely beat Southern Illinois last week. And 
then just got pretty much waffle stomped by, mm-hmm. by Washington that game. So, Beach, up in the first seven games, we've got four games to go. You and I are 7-0. and Kyle is 6-1. and Nice. Okay, up next, Arizona State at San Diego State. Ooh, I'm pretty sure I took Arizona. I think I was a Pac-12 fan this week. I, Arizona were, State. So was Kyle. I, however, was not. Now it took till the final and play. This is a good decision or a bad decision for it you. It took till the final play for San Diego State to put away Arizona State, twenty-eight to twenty-one Saturday night. Now Arizona State's Manny. Holy Wil- crap! Arizona State's Manny Wilkins appeared to complete a forty-eight yard pass to Frank Darby, to the San Diego State two-yard line with six seconds left. And San Diego State's Trenton Thompson was called, excuse me, Arizona State's Trenton Thompson was called for targeting. Now, after review, the targeting call was upheld and Thompson was ejected from the game. But during the review, the referees also determined that the pass was actually incomplete. ASU then got the ball back at the San Diego State 35 for one final play, and San Diego State batted away the desperation pass in the end zone. Now, in the game, San Diego State rushed for 311 yards, including 112 by sophomore Chase Jasmine, whose critical fumble gave Arizona State its final shot. So they had third down. Arizona State had one timeout left. So Arizona State's trying to stop San Diego State from picking up the fourth down. They'll call the timeout, get the ball back on a punt. Jasmine breaks through a hole, gets across the first down line, and keeps fighting for more and more yards. Picks up an extra five, six, seven, and as he's going down, Arizona State punched the ball out and they recovered it. That's what gave Arizona State the final shots at the end zone. So, yeah, it was a desperation pass down to the two, and the guy was coming down with it for uh, Arizona State, and the San Diego State player just launched himself through the guy. It was no doubt it was targeting. Of course, they called it complete, Mm -hmm. dropped the flag, and when it's a targeting thing, it's automatically got to be reviewed. So they review it, and mm-hmm. in, in the review, they decided, yeah, it was targeting because it was pretty obvious. But you also see in the review that the ball fell out between his body and his arm and hit the ground. So, mm. yeah. So dude got booted out of the game, but actually probably saved the game. Wow. Yep. So huge. So now he's booted. Is he booted out for the next three quarters then too? Next no, game, next he's only game? booted out for the next half. Okay. Because he got booted okay. out for one half here. Okay. So even though he only missed six seconds, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all that was left. So that's yep. his half, and then he'll have one more half. So if you're going to get booted out, that's you know, the way that, Well, you know, and that, that's the whole thing. I mean, I don't agree with targeting, but, you know, if that was the only way he could get his body there to break yeah. up the play. Well, it's kind of like um, sometimes when yeah. you, you take the pass interference in the end zone to prevent the touchdown. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean – causing a penalty is it's either a mistake or it's strategic. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, both are reasonable reasons to do it. I mean, if it's a mistake, it's a mistake. If it's strategic, Hey, you know, if you'd rather uh, take the pass interference and save the touchdown, by all means, take it. That's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. So. All right, beach. So you are now seven and one Kyle. Hey, you Kyle is five and two. No, excuse me, six and two, right? Are we coming into a, a, a tie? He's six and two. You're seven and one. I am eight and zero. Oh. 
Up next, Beach, Fresno State. Smells like. Up next, Beach, Fresno State at UCLA. Who'd you take? Fresno State at UCLA. I took Fresno State because I hate those that freaking son of a bitch, Chip Kelly. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a uh, message from Devin. He really liked how you were going off on old bitch tits. <laughs> I hate the bastard. I should send him he's, a picture of the, a, of the shirts a, that. Uh, I should send him a picture of the shirts that Jess got made up for us. Yeah, I was <laughs> tempted. You know, I I, I I might wear that one to Civil War. I'm, I'm debate. Yeah. But the Beavs don't play UCLA this year. I'd probably wear it to that. All right. So Fresno State at UCLA. I, that's how it was. All three of us took Fresno State. Quarterback Marcus McMarion. Hmm. Where have I heard that name before? Ran for four touchdowns and passed for another as the Bulldogs snapped a 10-game losing streak against Power 5 teams, beating UCLA 38-14. to UCLA freshman quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson was 10 of 24, for 151 yards with a touchdown and two interceptions. He also had a team-high 49 yards rushing on eight carries. You know, I've got new expectations for the Beavs this year. I just want them to be ahead of UCLA in the in the, uh, in the the pack. Yeah, well, I tell you what. I'd be happy with that. I tell you what, the South looks like – it just looks like a mess. Nobody – Really? Down there looks very good to me. No. Well, UCLA sucks. USC struggling. So this uh, Arizona is the... State lost. Arizona State lost. Arizona is... Utah, Utah lost. Yep. Colorado's the only team. Colorado yeah, might have Col- the outside chance of winning the South. Just because of how bad the, the rest mm. of the South looks. Now, Beach, this is something I heard. So the USC and UCLA, after their first three games are a combined one and five. Never in the history of USC wow. and UCLA football have those two teams started out a combined one and five. Isn't that crazy? The boosters of those schools. Got to be getting a little pissed. Schools got it best. Yep, yep. Now, now who's the coach of USC? Uh, uh, Helton. Who's the coach of USC, Billy? Helton. How long has he been there? This is his second year, I think. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. All righty. Well, let's let's. Uh, and so, we got one more one more game left. Two more games left. I right now am nine and zero. Oh. Up next, Beach Southern Utah. Sack. Okay. Southern Utah at Arizona. Who'd you take? Um. Uh, uh, Arizona, Arizona, I think. I think I was still staying strong with the back 12. Um, I took Arizona, and so did Kyle also. Quarterback Khalil Tate passed for a career-best 349 yards and five TDs, then set out most of the fourth quarter, and Arizona gave Kevin Sumlin his first victory as Wildcat coach with a 62-31 route of Southern Utah on Saturday night. Now, Arizona scored 31 consecutive points after Southern Utah an FCS school coming off a 45 to 28 loss at Oregon State, tied it at 17 late in the second quarter. Arizona looked like wow. Hot. Arizona didn't look that great in the first first half, but then uh, uh, Tate really uh, settled in back in the pocket, throwing the ball down the field, and hmm. Arizona really exploited their speed on the outside to put up all those points. 
So, so do you think Arizona's because uh, Arizona's who we're playing next week? Do Correct. you think they're going to be a pretty good challenger? Well, you know, I expected more out of Tate. Okay. They were really pumping him up coming up this season, but you know, I think he even this week or last week against Southern Utah, he tweaked his ankle again. Hmm. So I think he's a little nicked up right now, which is good for the bees, quite frankly, because that dude when he's on is incredible. But all right, beach. So heading into the Beavers game, you are nine of ten. Kyle is eight of ten. I was ten of ten. I don't know if anyone's okay. ever done that. Been pretty much perfect on the week. And up last, Beach, Oregon State at Nevada. We all picked the Beavs, Billy, because that's what we do. Yeah, you know, I was thinking next year we should take the Beavs off the off the uh, books. You know what I mean? Okay. We won't do it this that year. That might be good. But next year, take them off the books. We'll have to talk with Kyle. But because there was, remember when we first started doing this, Kyle would pick other teams and we gave him crap for it. Yeah. And then he realized, okay, wait a minute. I yeah. guess I have to always pick the Beavs. So, all right, Beach. So, Oregon State. Oregon got to. Oregon State at Nevada. Even, even, if, the, even if you know it's going to be a routing, you're like, dude, I'm taking the Beavs because yeah. I don't want to be an ass. Yeah. Okay. The Beavs are playing okay, the entire on. NFL. The Beavs. I'll take the Beavs. <laughs> wait, do the NFL have hand grenades? Yeah, they do. Well, then I'll take the Beavs. Okay. All right. Um, Oregon State at Nevada Beach. Kicker Jordan Chokare. Uh, you know, what's the worst part about the kicker's name? I think it's Chokare. It's too close to Choker. Jordan Chokare lined up for a 33-yard field goal with four seconds left against Nevada on Saturday night with a chance to cap a 23-point Oregon State comeback. But when the ball passed the goalpost, it was wide left. And the Wolfpack held on for a 37 to 35 victory. Now Nevada led 30 to seven with 10-16 left in the seventh in the second quarter. After Asuna Rufus forced Connor Blunt to fumble the ball, and Malik Reed picked it up and ran 48 yards for a TD. Now Nevada scored on its first four possessions, and the defensive touchdown gave the Wolfpack a 23 point lead. But after the fumble, Oregon State replaced Blount at quarterback with Jake Litton who left the season opener two weeks ago with a concussion against number four, Ohio State. Oregon State then outscored Nevada 28-7 the rest of the way. Luton finished 23-35 of 35 for 284 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception. His key target throughout the game, Isaiah Hodgins, who caught 14 receptions for 200 yards, both career highs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, the Beavs, and that, was just, that wasn't just the offense, but it was also the defense. You know, really... After late in the second half and through most of the rest of the game, that defense played very inspired. They shut down well, Nevada and, and quite a bit. Four, four, 14 of those points were on those turnovers. Yep. One was one was a, a fumble right in, and then, uh, I mean, they scored off Scoop the fumble. And score, yeah. And, yeah, and the other one, they picked it, and what they run it back to, like the, the 25 or the well, 30? they had a couple of so times. They, they, had, they had a couple of times. They had a pretty short field. Yeah, well, there was at least two or three times on their on their first couple drives where they were starting their possession at like the Beaver thirty yard line. They had super mm-hmm. short fields, so yeah. But anyways, yeah, you know, you, and, but I, you, I, you know, they they were very, 
Go ahead, go ahead, Billy. Well, I was going to say, Beach, I really like the fight the Beavers showed. They never, um, they never gave up. Um, they never gave up the fight. They kept going. Uh, I liked the play calling again this week. Um, I liked how they, you know, really changed things up and had Nevada guessing on stuff. And so at the end of the game, the Beavs converted, con- converted, converted to pretty long fourth downs to get in there to have a chance to win that game. And, mm-hmm. you know, they converted that one to get well, down. Wasn't it last year? Wasn't it, wasn't it last year we couldn't convert a fourth down to save our soul? Oh, no, no. And they converted a couple long ones and some pretty long yeah. pass plays to uh, to keep the drive going. And, you know, I, I've heard some people complain about um, Smith's play calling at the end of the game because there was 20-some-odd seconds left. Uh, the Beavs had two timeouts. They chose to center the ball in the middle of the field, take a knee, run the clock down to three seconds, call a timeout, send out the kicker to to, to attempt the game-winning field goal. People wanted um, him to take a couple mm-hmm. shots at the end zone. I understand in hindsight that's what people want, but at that point you're playing the percentages. And you run mm-hmm. the ball, they're going to be trying to strip it. You pass the ball. They're going to be trying to intercept it. And if either of those things happen, you do not have a chance to win the game. Absolutely. If you, you kick you that, know, I, you, I always remember I, who, who was who, who was the coach that said uh, only two things can happen uh, or three things can happen when you pass the ball and two of them are bad. Yeah. And and so I, I like what he was doing. He was also a lot of I, – I see a lot of Smith's coaching style similar to Chris Peterson up at Washington. And it's what Peterson did also at Boise State. He plays a lot of guys. If you practice during the week, you play for Peterson. It doesn't matter what string you are. If you practice during the week, you play. Mm-hmm. It keeps everybody involved and it keeps everybody ready to go should something happen. Now, I don't know if Oregon State plays mm-hmm. everybody, but they're rotating a lot of guys in there. And at that point, you know, you're – the kicker, he's kicked well in practice. Personally, he's never impressed me in a in a uh, in a pressure situation. He's, mm-hmm. just, he's never impressed me. As Beaver fans, we've been kind of spoiled with all the kickers we've had over the years, who could knock down kicks anytime. Yeah. Um. So we're we're a little spoiled with that. I wasn't feeling good with that kicker lining up to attempt that field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand those are the percentages you have to play. You have a straight on field goal. Yeah, no, no. You have a straight on field goal. It's very makeable. You line up and let him take that kick. So, yeah. Yeah, and especially you, you gave him a center shot, so you did the best you could. Yeah. Um, now, you know, he didn't have to. Do what I've liked to have seen him just score and end it. And uh, the Beavs break their twenty now twenty one game road losing streak, hell yes. But I, I still think that what he did was what he probably should have done. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Correct. And in that you place, know? at that time, with yeah. what you got, I, I think that's what you do. So, yeah. but anyways, my other question is, 
Adley Rutschman still has eligibility, doesn't he? It isn't baseball season right now. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Anyways, did you have anything you wanted to uh, add to that, Beach? No, no. Just just the fact that I wished I could have saw the last half of the game. It just they played, you know getting they, text messages. They they, they played the same really well. As watching it and seeing it live. Yeah, they played really well. The other thing that you, they broke out in that game, you know what they broke out? What they break out? Well, it, it started oh, last year, the year before. Miami, University of Miami, they have their turnover chain. So it's this uh-huh. big gaudy chain with the Miami U on it. And so if you get a uh-huh. turnover, they give you the chain. Okay. Because you got the turnover, either an interception or a fumble recovery. Oregon State and other teams have done it with, with whatever their thing is. Oregon State has the turnover chainsaw. Really? It's kind of badass. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Kind of liked it. All right, Beach. Uh, oh, the the one thing I was going to say, just when I was watching the first half of the game, mm-hmm. uh, kudos to Nevada. They were in that game. Their players were excited to be playing. It, you could see it in them. They, oh, yeah. They were celebrating their good plays. They were excited to be there. Yes. Um, Oregon State, um, I didn't see the same kind of excitement in, in the first half, but they also never put their heads down. When they were down by, what, 23 points, mm-hmm. they – they never seem to lose focus. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I didn't see the energy there like I did with Nevada at the beginning, but I also didn't see them get depressed. So that was awesome. Um, and, you know, I always quote you, Billy. Mm-hmm. You know, you always say, I want to see improvement every game. Mm-hmm. And I think we truly are seeing improvement every game. Mm-hmm. And I, I still live by the fact that I don't care what our ranking is. I care about two things. I care about 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 uh, uh, going bowling in general. Yep. But, you know, it still could be a perfect season. We still have a shot for the Rose Bowl. At this point, we're, we're, we're ahead of, what, three teams in the we, two no, or three teams in the no. Pac-12? We control our own Rose Bowl destiny. Yeah, but, I mean, we're not even at the bottom, though. We're, we're, we're at top. Uh, you, USC, or who, who's at the bottom? Who's lost, to, who's lost an internal game? USC lost to Stanford, so they're already out, theoretically. Well, no, they just right? – they just they just can't lose anymore. Yeah, they well they don't control their own destiny. No, they well, do I in the south. They, they do in the south. It's in the south. Yeah. As long as they went okay. out in the south. Um Yeah. No, man, Beaver still control and, and watching and watching play Utah, so they're they're also one down. Mhm. Right? So, yeah, so anyway, I don't know. I'm excited. I think uh I think this first Pac-12 game is going to be really uh, definitive for us. Mm-hmm. All righty, Beach. Okay. Let's look at the pack. Well, let's see. At the end of last week, after I went 10 for 11, I, when it was going through, I'm like, man, if it weren't for a freaking field goal, I would have been 11 for 11. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented in our stupid pickums. So after uh, week three, Beach, it is all tied up at 24 apiece. Wow. It's like we could have just started here and started with the thing. Yep. All right, Beach. Uh, so now the Pac-12 in the polls. In the AP poll, Stanford's in at number seven. Washington's in a tie for number 10. Oregon's at number 20. And then Colorado, Cal, Arizona State, Utah, and Washington State are all in the others receiving votes category. And that tells me that the AP voters that vote in that didn't watch the end of the games or Arizona State and Utah would not have gotten any votes. 
<laughs> That's what I was wondering. Yep. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford was in at number seven, Washington in at 12, Oregon in at 19, and Colorado, Washington State, Cal, Utah, and Arizona State are all in the others receiving votes category. Again, people didn't stay up to place their votes, or otherwise they wouldn't have given votes to Utah and Arizona State. Did those games end late? Yeah. I mean, it was like 11 o'clock before the Arizona State game was over. You know, it was 2 o'clock in the morning back on the East Coast. Screw this crap. Here's my vote. I'm going to bed. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and this one beads this is a weird one this literally just happened sunday during sunday's nfl games you probably haven't heard about it it's an nfl player i have not buffalo bills cornerback vontae davis abruptly retired at halftime of sunday's 31 to 20 loss to the los angeles chargers saying in a statement that reality had hit him and quote I shouldn't be out there anymore. Now, Davis, a 10th-year veteran, said he meant no disrespect to his teammates and coaches, but that physically he could no longer play at the standard he set for himself. Bill's coach Sean McDermott said, quote, He pulled himself out of the game. He communicated to us that he was done. Now, linebacker Lorenzo Alexander alerted reporters to Davis's abrupt retirement after the game. Alexander said, quote, I've never seen that. Pop Warner, high school pros, never heard of it. Never seen it. It's just completely disrespectful to his teammates. He didn't say nothing to nobody. I found out going into the second half of our game, they said he's not coming out. He retired. That's it. Now, after the game, Davis did release a statement on Instagram. That is just bizarre. What did he say? Well, it just basically said What did he say on Instagram? Well, he said he just had basically had a moment of clarity on the field saying, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I don't feel like I should be doing this. I don't think I can physically do this anymore. And basically that he wanted to walk away healthy than, you know, hobble away a warrior. Which is something uh. is something I completely understand. But what the hell are you doing that at halftime? Yeah. yeah. Finish I mean, your freaking you game think, I mean, if you wanted, it, yeah, or if you didn't, just tell the coach, hey, I'm not feeling well. You need to. You need to yank me and then retire at the end of the day. But what the hell? Cool. Yeah. In the middle I mean, of the that, game. That must have been one. It must have been one hell of a moment of clarity. Yeah, he had a hell of a come to Jesus moment. I just can't imagine walking out on your teammates yeah. like that. Like at least finish the game yeah, out. You, you've been the one taking all the number one <laughs> reps. You're the one that they, that they've game schemed for mm-hmm. to be out there covering, and you leave at halftime. Maybe he just thought it was going to be, you know, it's kind of like that uh, final destination. Maybe he just had this epiphany that, or this vision that if he went out there, he's going to come back in a body bag. I don't know. Just the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard. Just weird. Yeah, maybe, maybe he thought he's going to get a concussion. I don't know. Maybe he knocked his noggin too many times. But Von Tay Davis, for walking out on your teammates and your coaches and your fans at halftime, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. <laughs> is for you. 
I just found that weird, Beach. That's the, the. I don't know if he's really a jackass. Just freaking strange. It's a jackass maneuver. Yeah, it's a jackass maneuver, to, but to, to it's not. It, but of, of 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 levels of jackass, it's on the lower end of the jackass meter that we've talked about. To me, this is more about respect. You're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not on yeah. the tubby Tommy Tuberville walking out in the middle of a uh, of a dinner with a recruit to go take a job at yeah. some other school. You know, or that crab head that 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 sucker punched that player on the field that one time. Exactly. That one still pissed me so off. So you're not you're yeah. not in that level of jackassery. But this is just uh, it's yeah. just it's just messed up. So, but anyways, yeah. Beach, on to a more lighter segment of the show. It is now time for our weekly musical interlude, and this season we yeah, are I hope, doing I hope people, Queen songs. And so, Beach, what have you picked? Well, I was just going to say I hope people get a chance to listen to this because I know if you listen to it on Facebook, you miss this portion. So, uh, if you can sign up for iTunes, whatever you can to get around Facebook. Um, if you don't just know that you got about a three and a half uh, minute or so, uh, blank break spot, time yeah. because, uh, blank spot, because the people of uh, Facebook are essentially communists and, you know, tyrannical and, you know, uh, the only thing good about them is they at least have a platform for us to put this crap out on. Yep. Anyway. Um, so today's deal, um, I was thinking about this and Billy, do you remember in the 1990s, you know, when we first started going to Oregon state football games? The band played a Queen song pretty regularly. True, but they renamed the bands. They they renamed the song whenever they announced it. They, the announcer would say they PC'd the, the song. They made yeah. a PC. Now Oregon State. Yeah, now the Oregon State band will play Fat Bottomed People. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell that is. I've never heard a song by so, Queen called Fat yeah, Bottomed Oregon People. State, me neither. But they do have a great song called Fat Bottomed Girls which sounds very similar to what the band played back in the nineties out there on the field, marching around. True. Um, so I, that's, so this is why I picked Fat bottom girls because of its correlation to, uh, to the Oregon state, uh, band. Um, the, the song actually came out in 1978, uh, October of that year. And it was on the album entitled jazz. It was written by guitarist, Brian may. One of the neat things on it is, uh, it was released as a single, and on the other side of the single was Bicycle Race. And what's kind of cool is both of those songs reference one another. Yeah, I always uh, love that about in, that. Yeah, in, in, Fat, Bottom, in Fat Bottom Girls, um, um, he, the, the, he screams out, get on your bikes and ride, uh, as a reference to the bicycle race. And then on, uh, on Bicycle Race, he has the line, uh, fat bottom girls, they'll be riding today. So look out for those beauties. Oh yeah. So anyway, love the fact that the two are, are uh, have kind of a relationship there as a side A and side B of the single release. And so without any further ado, uh, here is Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh. Girls, you make the rockin' world go round. 
Love that song, Beach. It's a great song. I just I... even even better at halftime at a band when Pettibone was coaching because it was the highlight of the game. Oh God. <laughs> Totally, totally, oh. totally. All right, and so I will have next week's pick. All right, it is now time to go to preview week number four in the Pac-12. I have Kyle's email here. And uh, here we go. So there's one game, beach. Only four games this week. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll oh, be, we're starting to play each other. We're so. starting to play each other, so there's less, but there's also a lot of teams that have the week off. Looks like UCLA. Early, early, early bye week. Yeah, UCLA, Cal. So what you're saying is Chip Kelly won't lose this week. Yeah, pretty much. UCLA, Cal, Utah. Uh, somebody else all have the week off. Sorry, right, Beach. First up, Friday, September 21st, Washington State at USC. Washington State at USC. What time is the game? Do we know? Well, it's Friday evening, so it's going to be probably like 7, I imagine. Here, I can look it up. Does it matter? I think it does. I think if it was an earlier game, I think USC win. But as a later game, I think Washington State's going to win. Friday, 7.30. Yeah, Washington State's going to win. Really? Okay. Yep. Um, I too am taking Washington State. Kyle says, freaking Wolfpack. I want to give a little attention to some football outside the Pac 12. And I notice our favorite Cajun coach, Ed Orgeron, is faring pretty well so far this season. I'll have to agree with Kyle on that one. Orgeron and LSU's doing pretty damn well. They're 3 0. Good for him. You know, yeah. I wonder if USC regrets firing him. I don't know. I should say they they didn't fire him. They just didn't, didn't hire him. him yeah, that would have was. I just yeah. don't think he would have fit in as the head coach of USC. I love Ogeron. I think he he doesn't have a he doesn't have a stick far he doesn't have a stick far enough up up his ass to uh, pretty much be the coach of he doesn't uh, he can't yeah. he can't be the face of that coach in in LA. I, now the the mm-hmm. face of LSU he's perfect, and as Jess likes to call him, she calls him the Cajun King. Kind of reminds me of that guy who uh, was in the Water Boy, who he would yeah. talk. But oh, Farmer you know, Fran. Yeah, homo, homo, hey man. Oh, where did they get that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I do love Orgeron. So Kyle says Wazoo at USC. It would be easier in Pullman, but Wazoo wins. Remember, Wazoo beat USC in Pullman last year. In a very exciting game. I believe on a Friday night also. Okay. So we're all taking Wazoo on that one. Okay. Up next, all three of the final games are on Saturday, September 22nd. Up first, big one, Stanford at Oregon. Um, I'm going to I, – I think Stanford's going to win that sucker. I don't. I. I think. I. I honestly think Oregon is either playing over their heads or is overrated. I don't think they're as good as they think they are. Man, everyone was talking about uh, the quarterback Herbert. You know, looking like a Heisman Trophy winner, and I think he's looked okay at times. But mm-hmm. you know, San Jose State made him look kind of average. 
They need some guys that can catch the ball is a big part of it. I just don't think their receiving core is that great. Okay, I'm taking Stanford. Kyle says Stanford, Oregon. The Ducks are back. Oops. Stanford wins. So he's taking Stanford. All right. Okay, up next. Okay. Arizona State at Washington. Uh, I'm going to take the Huskies on that one. I mean, there's no question. Arizona State can't even freaking uh, – I don't know. I need some kind of hyperbole or something or something, but I can't think of one. So I'll just say Arizona State's not very good. Okay. I, too, am taking you, Dub. Kyle says, these Arizona players can't figure out what all that drippy wet stuff is coming down from the sky. Huskies win. So looks like we're all taking the Huskies. All right. Last up, Beach, Arizona at Oregon State. Um, You know, I'm going to go out on a limb this week, and I'm going to say I think the Beavs are going to win this sucker. You're going to take the Beavs? Kyle says, it's a winless trip north for the Arizona teams. Go Beavs. I too am taking the beeves. Imagine that. You know, you, you know, I, I have a, I have, I can, I'm, I'm forecasting next week's uh, outcome. Mm-hmm. I bet you we are all going to end up tied again next week. Possibly. So I'm looking <laughs> at the, I'm looking at the 10 day forecast <laughs> and Saturday it looks like 10% chance of rain, partly cloudy. So that's good. I'll take that. High of 69. No, that's bad. Yeah. 69, six, dude. 60% chance of rain on Friday, but uh, Saturday looks pretty good. So that's good. All right, yeah, so we've all got pretty much right. the exact same picks. All right, Beach, so let's talk about um, the tailgater that's going to be going on Saturday for the Arizona game. Now, last week we did call a little bit of a uh, an audible, uh, yep. and, and we went from just doing um, Indian fry bread tacos do to doing breakfast mm-hmm. burritos. Yep. Same ethnicity, different time of the day. Correct. Um, and so we're going to scramble up eggs. We're going to cook mm-hmm. some like country potatoes. We'll have bacon, yep. sausage, and hopefully steak. I picked up the yep. Qdoba queso today. I love Qdoba queso. So we have that. Um, mm-hmm. We'll probably also have some country gravy, um, pico de gallo, even though you don't like it. Some salsa. I hate pico. We'll have some just regular cheese, like some cotija, or some. Uh, we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna have some green salsa and some red salsa. Correct. Um, and okay. I'll probably have you fry up just some hash browns. So if people just yep. want to eat eggs and hash browns, and then I was gonna get some big burrito tortillas and probably just some little tortillas too if people just want to make breakfast yeah, tacos. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say sometimes small ones are better. Yeah. But then, so, Beach, oh, you remember, remember the first time? Remember the first time you went to Qdoba and got the breakfast burrito, oh, and yeah. you got the big one? Oh yeah, that was stupid, wasn't it? It was stupid. <laughs> That's a lot of burrito. It's a lot of burrito. The small one is more than adequate. Yeah. Um, and then the other That's thing we're going to do. Wife said. That's what your wife says every night too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're funny, aren't you? So uh, uh, the other thing we're doing is we're going from the Indian fry bread tacos to just Indian fry bread. Yes. Now I was I was (laughs) I was looking last week um, through Amazon and other places looking for some frozen Indian fry bread that we could just take out and and fry it while we're out there in the deep fryer. 
but everything was really expensive. So then I thought, well, what the hell? I make dough for a living. I should be able to make fry bread dough. So I started looking at Indian fry bread recipe, dough recipes. And as I'm looking at those recipes, other than these recipes using baking powder as a leavening agent instead of yeast, they were pretty much like the dough I make for Woodstocks every day. So then I thought to myself, I wonder if the dough I make for Woodstocks would work for this. So I brought a dough ball home, tore it into a couple pieces, smashed them out, dropped them in some hot oil on the stove, and guess what, Beach? You, you made deep-fried uh, Indian fry bread. I did. Hit it with a little butter and some cinnamon and sugar, and oh my lord, it was delicious. So today, just like a little mini elephant. Yep, today it's what it totally was. So today, I brought another dough ball home and made some up for the boys. They loved them. Awesome. So we're going to be having you cooking the Indian fry bread mm-hmm. and hitting it up with some cinnamon and sugar. I also want to do some with honey because I like honey. And you said you want me to get some apple crap. I love apple crap, especially finely chopped up apple crap. I don't like the big chunks. I like the stuff that just you could, don't have to bite in and cut with your teeth. It'll just automatically okay. chewed up stuff like a pie filling, like chopped I, up pie filling. I, not, can, I, can, I, can get, I can get apple pie filling. Okay, yeah, not not the big slices, but the okay. finely chopped stuff. I can do that. So we'll We're have do that. strawberries too? Um, I don't know. I'm going to look, see what they've got. And we'll also bring out the, uh, the coffee pot so people want coffee. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We're getting into that time of year already, aren't we? Well, kind of. It's feeling more like that than it is September right now. <laughs> I, I was outside just today going like, what the hell? This looks like October, you know, not the middle of September. It's yeah. It's supposed to still be nice right now, but. It is what it is. Anything else you want to add to that tailgater, Beach? Anything else you think we need to bring out? No, I think we're good. Are we going to uh, replenish our uh, beverage supply? We were dang near out of water at the end of last week. We went through almost three whole cases of water, so yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All righty. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. You know, that my biggest concern is going to be able to uh, keep up with demand for these uh, Indian fry bread because you kind of have to cook them fresh for people. No, you can do them. They don't have to be super fresh. And literally, Beej, it takes maybe 30 seconds to cook it. Okay. They're really fast. So, and then what I was doing is I thought, well. Or are we going to have some chafing dishes for me to store those in? Yeah, we're going to bring out all three. Okay, good. And I was also thinking, Beej, with this, um, you will be able to, uh, um, we're going to have you just smooshing them down out there. Um, I bought a tortilla press. That was Gibby's idea. Okay. Instead of pressing okay. the, instead of pressing the dough down early and bringing it out there, you can just take the whole dough ball, put it in the tortilla press, and smush it. Okay. Sound good? I'm excited to smash things. So it's going to be good. All right. So that's sounding good. All right. Well, it is now time for the final feature of the week. It is time for Beej's Rant of the Week. Who 
So I was going to rant on something else, and I was thinking about it, but it was, it was a, it's a little too political, and I wanted something a little bit more relaxed. And it was funny because like 10 minutes before uh, you and I started doing this, I got a text message from my friend Becky, and it had an article in it. She sends me a, a daily meme, very inappropriate memes, right? And this one here, it just – I'm reading it, and it's just pissing me off. And and it writes here. Maybe it's because I'm a single bastard or something like that. I don't know. But I read this crap, and I'm like, why are we celebrating morons? Stupid people don't deserve this kind of press coverage. Okay, so the, the title of the article goes, Christian couple maintains abstinence two years after marriage. So some morons in Topeka, Kansas – John and Darla Croach, who dutifully abstained from sex during their 14-month courtship, have remained abstinent after marriage and plan to do so indefinitely. It was holy before. It it must be double holy afterwards, Darla says. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm reading this, are you effing stupid? This has to be a joke, right? (laughs) You know, it's serious as hell. These people are as dumb as F. I'm like, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Oh, I want to marry you, and I want to not touch you for the rest of my life and not have kids with you. And, you know, I'd rather just touch myself. And so, anyway, they have now completed— Do you think they're even doing that? I don't know. They have now completed 25 months of marriage without sexual contact, going about their normal lives, jobs, and social calendar with no hint of sexual strain. Except John doesn't have any clean tube socks left in the freaking house. <laughs> so sometimes after dinner, they will kiss in the kitchen and start having bedroom thoughts because he's he's had a boot to your effing hard on. Yeah. <laughs> but but they but they never fail to pull back. Darla breaks away to spray cool misted water on her face, and John eats a whole raw potato to take himself out of the mood. There is no reason on God's green earth that John should have to eat a raw effing potato so he doesn't screw his own wife. Okay? Wow. (laughs) God. That is What the hell? You know, it's like, oh, this must be doubly holy. No. God gave you, God gave John a penis and Darla a vagina so they could put one in the other and have little kids and have fun. It's not wow. there to torture one another with, you freaking morons. And then the fact, you know, the, the press, the, the journalist who wrote this thing up, I mean, he should have wrote it up. He should have just looked at you guys. You're the two dumbest fucking people God ever put on this planet. <laughs> and thank God you're not procreating. Wow. You know? Oh, my God. So, anyway, there's my rant. Unbelievable. Stupid effing people. You know, it, it just it makes me sick being a single bastard. That these assholes are so freaking arrogant. So, anyway, there's my rant. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> all right, Beach. That was a good one. That was bizarre. Tell, oh, tell Becky, tell Becky, thanks yeah. for the ammunition. I will do it. I will do it. All right. Well, I want so, to thank everyone. Oh, yeah, anything else to add? Go ahead. Go ahead. I nope, I got nothing. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 110 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, also HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review. Also, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beej. Billy. I think it's going to be a great freaking tailgater this week. And hopefully, you know, a beaver went at home over a Pac-12 
you, you know what I'm hoping for, Bill? You know what my perfect week is, right? The Beavs win and the Ducks lose. Yes. I'm thinking we might see the first perfect week in, it's got to be at least a year and a half. Well, two years, three years. The Beavs have not beaten a FBS opponent in about 650 days. Wow. The last, the, right. the last FBS team they beat was Oregon in the 2016 Civil War. I was going to say, so the last, the last perfect day we ever had was Civil War. 2016. Two seasons. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's, Alrighty, well. Well, let's hope we have a good one, Beach, and we'll see you out there uh, Saturday morning over here helping pick stuff up to get out there. Um, yep. And until next week with show number 111, let's end it with a great big Go Beach. So before we do this segment, Beach, okay. I have to uh, do a little announcement. We have a new sponsor. We have a sponsor? We, we have a sponsor. I've got a little ad read here. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Okay. Okay. So our new sponsor. Our new sponsor is All Sport Sugar Water. That's right. Don't just hydrate. Carbohydrate with sugar water. What is sugar water, Billy? I was just being stupid, Beach, but you didn't get it. I'm gonna have to cut that out. I thought it was funny. I, I don't get it. Don't just hydrate. Don't just hydrate. Carbohydrate with sugar water. It's carbohydrate. I I Ooh. get it. It just wasn't very funny. That one just went over like a. You're no over. Mark and Brian. All right. <laughs> you're no Mark. And, you're no Mark and Brian. All right. Uh, Beach. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not even. You're, you're not even like. I don't know if there was another buddies like on Mark and Brian, but you're not even like the fill-in for when one of Mark and Brian was gone. When Mark, when one of Mark and Brian are gone, they didn't go in that day. Oh well, what about who was the Italian that always was inside? Frank. Who, who Sante? was that, like the producer? Frank Sontag. Frank, you're not even Frank. You're not even Frank.